Blog Talk Radio. Morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Najee E. Brown, your host, and we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry, and our hope and prayer for our listening audience is that you hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you can reach us through our website at yieldtothekingministry.org. Well, welcome to today's episode entitled, Salvation, God's Deliverance. And I am going to read the promotional material, and then we're going to get right into our broadcast for today. So the short pitch for this is, God's plan of salvation delivers us from the penalty of sin. And the promotional material reads, Miraculously, God the Father delivered humankind from the penalty of sin. His love, grace, and mercy provided to those who believe in the personal work of Jesus Christ an opportunity to be with Christ forever. We can't earn it, and we don't deserve it. The positional, eternal state of being was granted to us by God himself. In Romans, the book of Romans, in chapter 6, verse 23, and this is the New King James Version, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We are free from the penalty of sin its power, and its consequences. Hallelujah and glory be to God. Amen. So today I have a special guest in our studio. You've heard his messages before, and he is a well-known, well-known minister of the gospel throughout the Christian community and in the Pacific Northwest. He is a professor, a teacher, a minister, and he owns and runs a nonprofit organization named New Beginnings Bible Ministries. And he does so much, much more. So with that, let's welcome Dr. Michael Lay, who will be talking to us today about salvation, God's deliverance. Dr. Lay, welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay, thank you for that introduction. That was quite quite nice. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. I, I, prepared, I prepared this lesson of, regarding salvation as a, at a request of our national organization, and we we were uh, trying to put out material uh, lesson lessons and testable material that would help uh, those that were candidates to be ordained so that they would have uh, some good Bible knowledge and good doctrinal knowledge regarding the Bible. And so the topic that I that I worked on was salvation. I'm going to be going over excerpts from that, from that presentation. And first of all, 
the definition, I do the definition for salvation. If we were to look up the word salvation in the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance of the Bible, in both the Old Testament, we would, we would find a few different uh, words and definitions associated with the word of salvation. However, the, the following examples from both testaments provide the best word translation and definition which most suits us and most uh, uh, represents the doctrine of salvation as it as it's indicated in the Bible. Uh-huh. For example, for example, in Acts sixteen seventeen, Luke writes, "The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, which show us the the way of salvation.'" Excuse me. Way of salvation. The word salvation in this verse in the original Greek language is the word soteria. This uh-huh. carries a few different meanings. For example, rescue perhaps to safety or deliver, salvation and save. In the Old Testament, the word salvation is used in in Psalm 62.2. The scripture states, he, he only is my rock and, and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. The Hebrew word here for salvation is Yahuwah, which carries uh-huh. uh, various meanings. For example, something saved, deliverance, hence rescued. It might be suggested that Christ, through his atoning death, has delivered us from the power of sin, the presence of sin, in our in our lives, he has rescued us from the consequences of sin. Had Christ not died for us, we would still be in our sins and still headed towards uh, damnation eternally. Mm-hmm. So let's see uh, uh, scriptures on that on that what what Christ has done for us might be in, in accord with what I just said. Galatians one four, Romans six nine through fourteen, and Romans one eighteen. Uh, furthermore, we might say that Christ did indeed rescue us, not, not uh, you know, not too late, but in the nick of time. Uh-huh, he he uh-huh. rescued us, timely rescue. Amen. Uh, Amen. Yeah, a little historical perspective indicates before the first sin was ever committed from a manward side, God had a plan before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1, 4. Through five, seemingly, God foreknew that man would fall. He didn't fix it so man would fall. He knew he would fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God has the ability to look into the pre- into the into the future and see happenings without without fixing it or massaging it or 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 doing anything manipulating it in any any fashion. Mm-hmm. So he he for he knew that for he foreknew that man would fail. Adam's failure in the Garden of Eden came at no surprise to God. It didn't sneak up on God, and God wasn't surprised by Adam's sin. He had a he had a solution in mind uh, before Adam's sin. The first uh-huh. indication that God had a remedy for man's sin was found in Genesis 3:15. In this scripture, God pronounces judgment on Adam, Eve, the serpent, and Satan. And the, this verse says. 
and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. One writer, by way of discussing this uh, particular scripture, indicates that this indicates to us that Christ will utterly crush Satan's power, Christ being uh, from the seed of the woman. Uh-huh. Next and next relevant scripture is Genesis 15, 1 through 6. And we notice, we notice the first uh, individual reportedly, which is justified by faith. This particular situation is alluded to in Romans, the fourth chapter. In, in this chapter, Paul is discussing justification by faith. And his central Bible character is Abraham. Uh-huh. And justification is is an access of salvation. When an individual is saved by their faith in Jesus Christ, they are justified by their faith also. When they're justified, uh-huh. their faith justifies them as it pertains to Jesus Christ. An individual cannot be saved apart from being justified. Justification is that judicial act of God, by God, whereas those which put their faith in the finished works of Christ are declared not guilty in God's eyesight because of what Christ has done. And surely mm-hmm. she used to have a song. She used to have a song that's indicated that Jesus dropped the charges. I want you to know, Saint, yes. that Jesus didn't drop the charges. He took the charges. He took the mm. weight of sin upon himself. Mm. Mm-hmm. Romans mm-hmm. Uh, four three, Paul states, "For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was was counted unto him for righteousness." When we look up a few key words in this verse, uh, we learn more about Abraham's belief and his faith. The word, the first word we want to look at is believe. In the original Greek language, is pistio. Uh, which carries the idea of entrusting an individual's spiritual well-being upon Christ. Therefore, Mm -hmm. we might suggest Abraham had a gospel type of faith and put his faith, his trust, excuse me, in the promises of God that were given to him in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. In those those scriptures, there's a threefold implied promise made to Abraham regarding a land, a chosen people, and from Abraham's seed would come a savior. Uh-huh. And, and another key word is in this uh, section uh, that I'm just discussing is righteousness. The word in the original Greek language is the kolios. And I'm having trouble uh-huh. pronouncing some of these words because at, at, when when I earned my my doctor's degree, I we didn't have to have a uh, we didn't have to have Hebrew or or Greek uh, uh, be able to translate Hebrew or Greek. We we just don't oh. know how to research it. Okay. So okay. That, that was important. That's important for saints today to be able to research words in the Bible. You don't have to. You don't yes. have to take my my uh, uh, presentation as being truthful in terms of a particular word or or sentence or something like that. You can look it up for yourself. And study it out for yourself. Mm-hmm. One can mm-hmm. one cannot mm-hmm. be 
justified, as I was discussing, without having faith in Christ. In Romans 4.3, it is indicated that Abraham believed in God's promises regarding a coming Savior. His belief resulted in him being justified. Abraham believed God and was counted unto him for righteousness. That's what the scripture says. He was not he was he was not guilty before God because of his his faith in Jesus Christ. Seemingly, hmm. seemingly because he had he had a gospel kind of kind of faith. In the Old Testament, this is this is very important here. In the Old Testament saints saints of God, you know, they had to believe in a Savior that was coming. In the New Testament, uh-huh. we, we look back at a Savior that has come and rose, uh, rose again from the dead. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. The, the, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That's a, that's Amen. A, that, that, that all, all salvation is based on Christ, Old Testament, New Testament. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In Romans 4, 3, it's at, uh, the, Paul asked the question, as I already indicated, what saith the scripture? This refers back to Genesis 15, 1 through 6, where God comes to Abraham to alleviate his concerns regarding a savior to come through his descendants. Now, this is, mm-hmm. notice how God does this. He comes to Abraham. Abraham isn't crying out in that in that situation, he isn't crying out to God, but God knows his concern. And uh-huh. he, and God is, is reaching out to Abraham to address his concern about a, about a, a savior to come because he, he knows that a savior has to come from, from his descendants. And if he doesn't have a son, uh-huh. where, is that, where is that savior coming from? And so uh-huh. that, so God, uh-huh. God reaches out to Abraham to discuss the matter with him in Genesis 15, one through six where God comes to Abraham to alleviate his concerns regarding the Savior to come through his descendants. Uh, uh, as already indicated, the promise already made to him in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. In order to address Abraham's concern, the Lord takes Abraham out to look at the nighttime sky. And he asked him uh-huh. an important question, if he could number the, the stars in the sky. And Abraham, I believe in that situation, indicates he couldn't. And and mm-hmm. and God says, so shall your seed be. So the, the lesson there is your seed, your descendants are going to be as many as the, as the stars in the sky. They're going to be without number. And so mm-hmm. that without number uh, amount will come a Savior to come. That's what's implied there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. therefore... As I indicated, from that number of stars in the sky, our descendants will emerge a savior. Again, it is said that Abraham believed God and was counted unto him for righteousness. He didn't. He didn't believe God for the stars in the sky. Just, just in case you look over that scripture and you think, well, look, it looks like he was believing God regarding stargazing or something. No, he was. Uh-huh. He was referring. He was referring to his seed will be without number. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. this this sentence clearly indicates that Abraham was righteous by his belief in a savior to come. However, he is not the first to believe on a savior to come. His significance may be in how well it is it is documented in the scriptures, in both the Old and New Testament. Actually. Abel, Abel is the the first one that is is 
counted as righteous in God's eyesight. And I'm, I'm not going to mm-hmm. go back over that situation. I'll just indicate, let you look at that and study that out for yourself. I'm going to talk about why is salvation so important to us. Because okay. of sin. Okay. Because of sin. Mm-hmm. You know, that that sin is on the increase. People are, are <coughs> excuse me, are shooting down people for no reason at all. And right, right. Sin is on the increase. And uh, they, I just heard on the news yesterday that they were, they were, they were uh, documenting that murder is on the increase in, in Seattle and in various other parts of our land. And huh. so, so, so the sin is the big problem that needs to be uh, addressed. And so, uh, and the Bible tells us in First John five seventeen, all unrighteousness is sin. Romans one eighteen mm-hmm. uh, indicates that the wrath of God is against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Finally, Romans six twenty three indicates that the wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life. Salvation yeah. rescues mankind from the wages of sin, which is ultimately leading the unbeliever to eternal spiritual death, eternal separation from God. And and reading part of the scripture that uh, in Matthew 13, 42, it says that those that are uh, unbelieving will be cast into the furnace of fire. There should be wailing hmm. and gnashing of teeth. And so that's a to to avoid or avert, avoid, let me say, the wrath of God. We must, you know, we must accept salvation as God's, only remedy, only satisfactory remedy for sin. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Revelation mm. fourteen eleven indicates that suffering and torment will be forever and ever, and they will have, and, and they will have no rest. And I asked one of my granddaughters when she was when she was about ten or eleven, uh, how long is eternity? And she indicated it's forever. And I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. I I can't that far i don't know how because you know we usually think in linear kind of uh of fashion and forever we don't think of of something that goes on and on forever you know without end. right right we, we think in terms mm-hmm. of beginning and end so it's too far for me to think about but maybe you can maybe you or someone on this broadcast can ha- handle that um <laughs> we don't want to be we don't want to be in a place of torment forever Absolutely where there's no not. rest, no relief, Mm-mm. no time out. Mm-mm. There's not, there's not going to be no time out. There's not going to be no, no amount of air conditioning you can put on. There's, mm. there's just going to be, mm. there. you're just going to be there in torment forever. And then I want to suggest wow. this, that the torment is accumulative. In other, in other words, mm-hmm. uh, yesterday's torment is lapped onto today's torment. It's like, oh my. it's like, uh, it's like a pain that you have right now, and then somebody, you know, somebody, you hurt your leg, and it's painful, and somebody kicks it again, uh, and mm. and then adds on to the pain. So the torment is going to be mm-hmm. accumulative, I think. It's going to be uh, lapped on top of each other. Yeah. Mm. Without God making yeah. provision for us as he has, we would would all be in our sins and headed for yeah. eternal damnation, as I already indicated. But the provision has been mm. made. Life-giving sacrifice was made by Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Hebrews 10.10. 10. We are free from sin. It's presence, power, yes. and 
its consequences. Romans six fourteen tells us that sin no longer has dominion over us. We are no longer subject to the wrath of God if we accept his plan of salvation. Romans one eighteen. In mm-hmm. in in John, the Gospel of John, the third chapter, Nicodemus came to Jesus by by night seeking answers regarding life and death as is implied by Jesus' response. Jesus uh-huh. told him, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus pondered the issue with Jesus. Jesus explained it to him, the nature of receiving the new birth and spending eternity with him. Being born again indicates to us to be born again of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Thessalonians 5.23 indicates man is three parts, body, soul, and spirit. We, uh, the, the body carries apart two invisible parts of us, the soul and the spirit. But the soul and the mm-hmm. spirit, they have manifestations, and they, they, they can't be defined. The soul, uh, it, 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 the soul is, has, a, has our appetites, our, mm-hmm. our desires, and uh-huh. and also, uh, you know, if you pinch yourself and you feel that pinch, <coughs> excuse me, that's your soul that uh-huh. feels that pinch. The a spirit, the spirit of man, uh, is manifested in in your intellectual uh, capacity. And when you uh-huh. think about a subject and write about it, or write a book, or something like that, it was your spirit that enabled you to do that. And when you analyze, uh-huh. maybe. The, the Bible, uh, a Bible verse, you analyze it. It's uh-huh. your spirit with, with God's spirit that analyzes that. And and God's spirit gives you the answer so that you can share that with others and understand it for yourself also. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. There need, the, 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 because the spirit needs to be born again indicates to us there needs to be a change on the inside. We don't have to change yes. the way we the way we color our hair or comb our hair. We need to change on mm-hmm. the inside. The inner man needs to be changed, mm-hmm. and then there needs to be there needs to be uh, there needs to be uh, uh, roots of of change. There need, it needs to be represented in our behavior. You you can't say you're saved mm-hmm. and you don't have no work. Uh, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think James indicated faith without works is dead. He said he indicated also. I think that. That he'll show you his faith by his works. So our our faith yes. and our belief in Jesus Christ needs to have manifestations, needs to have behaviors that accompany that that uh, confession that we have made. Again, going back to uh, this phrase, this verse: "The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord." Therefore, we must be born again. God's plan of salvation is our only satisfactory remedy for the sin problem that man mankind mm. faces. It enables us to avert the wages of sin, which is eternal death and eternal separation from God. And it enables mm-hmm. us to receive the gift of God, which is eternal life. But the gift of God is the eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We can spend yeah. eternity with him. Let's see. Uh, Again, we need to be born again of the spirit, not of the flesh. 
Thanks mm-hmm. be to God that God made a provision for us that we can be born again. That the sin problem didn't uh, sneak up on God, and it, He doesn't have to get a committee to figure out a remedy. He, we, he's already got a remedy for us. We haven't got to That's come right. up with a new remedy. In both Old and New Testament, salvation is based on Jesus Christ, who can rescue us to safety throughout eternity. That's good news, isn't it? In the world that we live in today, you know, we we have no rescue. No no one can rescue us like Christ can from from the sin that's Mm -hmm. so perversive and and so much around us all. That's right. That's right. Uh, That's comforting. Finally, That's comforting. yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, my final point that I wanted to, to to bring out is we must repent in order to mm-hmm. access God's plan of salvation, accept Jesus Christ as our Lord. We must repent. We the question might be asked: What do you do? Accept Christ first, and, and then repent? No, the Bible teaches us that we must repent first, and. It, and Acts 3.19, it states, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. The Uh word repent indicates to think differently or to reconsider. A connected idea, as indicated, is to feel compunction. If one feels Uh compunction, then one one would, would... have feelings of guilt. In other words, they would there would be some something that tells them that their present or or past lifestyle was 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 one that generated guilt for them because they knew it was wrong. Mm-hmm. There's something inside all men that that a compass that tells us what what is right and wrong. And uh, yeah. basically, I want to suggest that. Uh, and if you you feel like you you feel guilty before God and you feel like you have to make a change, you need to repent. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. you have to have a change of heart towards your past your past life and lifestyle, and and accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Uh, connected mm-hmm. to the thought of repentance through is renunciation. If you mm-hmm. know you can't just you can't just repent. You need to. Uh, distance yourself from sin. You need to you need to indicate. You know, somebody asks you uh, about the, your sinful lifestyle. You you need to let them know that was wrong, and you need to uh-huh. you need to have that kind of uh, mindset about your past life and lifestyle. Is that my past life and lifestyle was wrong, and I and I renounce that also with repentance. There's a change of mind and heart towards towards uh-huh. sin. No, the Bible tells us in in Matthew six twenty four it states, "No man can serve two masters, for he he will hate the one and and love the other, or else he will hold the one hold the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God mm-hmm. and Mammon. Therefore, we must repent and be converted through salvation." Mm-hmm. We are no longer, as I already indicated, no longer subject to the the power, uh, dominion, and presence of sin. And and finally, the consequences of sin, which which Uh was our our plight before we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. So I submit this all to the audience today as I try to to 
tried to come up with some with uh, in terms of this communication understandable and easily accessible information about salvation so that we know a little bit more about that that we can that we can sh- that we know what God has done he's he's rescued us from the consequences of sin and we can share that with others we can let them know that the wages of of sin is death the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ so I want to submit that yes. to you all today and I, I'm finished thank you thank you <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you covered quite a few uh, passages, and I'm just going to repeat some in case someone wants to go back and and look up some of what you shared. Uh, You had Psalm 62 and 2. You had Acts 16, 17. Romans 6, 23, of course. You referenced Revelation 14 and 11, which is a good passage. And First uh, Thessalonians five twenty three, uh, Romans one and eight, John three, Gospel of John chapter three, and then Acts three fourteen, Matthew six twenty four, and a few others. But I think that you 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 covered covered this well you know this is um yes thank you dr lay thank you thank you thank you i have one question though it's uh it's not a question that is clarifying and it could be a question that uh, that that has sparked age-old uh conversations and debate and that is about the uh, acts 319 passage repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out and and what repentance means, it means turning away from, going in the opposite direction, not making a full circle, turn around, you know, and then going back in the old direction. So when someone recognizes that there's a need to repent, how would you describe what is already happening for them to have that moral compass? What's going on? Is, is is God quickening their spirit, drawing them closer to Him, causing them to have an awareness of their need for a Savior? What 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 is going on for someone to be able to have the beginnings of that moral compass, that innate change that's going on inside that can only come from God? Because we're dead in our sins. We can't revive ourselves. It has to come from God, the power of God, right? So what what's happening? Yeah. Can you is that a question that you can answer? I'll try to answer it. Uh, the Spirit of God is, okay. <laughs> is is revealing to us the you know the the problems with our life and lifestyle that need to be changed. And 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 the the other part is that the the sinner or uh, the unrepentant individual has is listening to God. God's been reaching out for him to him for 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 quite some time. God just doesn't start reaching out for somebody uh you know on on uh after 30 years of being a sinner. He he's been reaching out to him and now the 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 uh the the unrepentant sinner is listening to God. He's listening to the spirit. He's paying attention. He's paying attention to ah. So the uh, I like that. Uh, is uh, I think I'm trying to think of uh, 
what they call what they talk about criminals as having or what they say you know in the bible in first Rome, in romans the first chapter talks about uh that they that people that god gave them unto their uh, uh, over to their ungodliness they they, they uh, yes. sought after uh, sought after uh you know they sought after uh uh th- things that were ungodly and God just gave them over to that. And so they, so people be, uh, you know, they're, they're, they try to deny, they try to deny the, the presence and power of God. They try to deny the creation of God by, by, by indicating that, and that, that's pretty powerful kind of, that's pretty Mm -hmm. powerful kind of denial that people can, can come to. They can come to a, a very profound place. And uh, but the, but the the difference is is when people start heeding the spirit of God, start hearing what God's spirit is saying and to them, because He hasn't been just starting to talk to them just just on a Wednesday, but He's been talking to them. The, the spirit of God right. isn't trying to get their attention, so they they're, they're, right. they're paying attention and 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 noticing and and the other thing is they they start having some uh, like. Uh, indicated that they have some compunction or they feel guilt about their about their present or past life, and you can't feel guilt without without uh, some kind of compass that, or something that says this is wrong, something inside of mm-hmm. this person mm-hmm. has to say this is wrong, or you have guilt. Mm-hmm. When Adam, yeah, when yeah. Adam, well, I was going to say when Adam and Eve was in the garden, God asked Adam and Eve where they were and. And they uh, they indicated to him that that they you know they hid themselves from him. And the reason they hid themselves from him from God was because of sin. They they couldn't be in the uh-huh. presence of God any longer because they felt guilt about their current uh-huh. Uh-huh. condition, which is, was that uh-huh. of a sinner. Now they they broken fellowship with their their uh, creating father. Yes, yes. Okay, you said you think you would answer that. You answered that question. You nailed it, yes. And it did cause me to go back and think about what Romans chapter 1 uh, talks about, um, the, the, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of people and who suppress the truth by their wickedness. And then it goes on to say, therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity, for the degrading of their bodies with one another, and so on and so forth. So yes, they they uh, he he made known uh, to them, and he made it plain to them, uh, and they just you know his invisible qualities. But they just they you know they either have to receive the revelation or they or they don't, and they continue in that unrepentant state. Very good. Okay, that's that's. Um, Thank you for that. You answered it. Yes. He is, and, and I love the way you indicated and said that God doesn't just start talking to us. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a process. It's a long uh, process, and it's not just overnight or instantaneous that he decides, oh, I'm going to start talking to, uh, to Naja or Dr. Lay or whomever. Uh, he, he's been uh, uh, heeding us and, and prompting us and, uh, trying to get our attention for a spell. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that wholeheartedly. 
He's been working on us. We finally yield to yes. That's that's how we get saved is we finally yield to the spirit of God. It's, we don't save ourselves. It's God's spirit that, you know, brings us to salvation. And then we make the that yes. decision. We make those decisions yes. for God. First we must yes. repent and then accept his his plan of salvation for us. Yes. And then after yes. we do that, yes. we, must, we must live a life pleasing to to him. You know, we can't, we can't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, live a life otherwise. We must live a right. life of, uh, of godliness. Yes, yes. Well, you referenced uh, the state of our nation and just the chaos and confusion that's going on. And, you know, you said people are shooting others for no reasons at all. It's just, you know, and I have found myself more and more and more saying that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Yeah. And so uh, just just share with us real quickly the responsibility that has in a state, the state of the of, of, of being that what the nation is going through and what we're experiencing. Because we're in the world. We're not of the world, but we're in the world. So everything that's going on is impacting us as it's impacting others. But Jesus is the answer. And I've been saying that more and more and more. What responsibility does the body of Christ have during times like these? Okay. I, I think the, in Matthew, it talks about the, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And, it, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the church is, you know, the church should be uh, preparing the saints for the work of the ministry. It isn't, it isn't the pastor's job to go out there and, He's, he's the one that prepares the saints to go out there and, and impact the world. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the church has a huge responsibility. I think also in Matthew's talks about a, a light hidden underneath a bush. We shouldn't be, we mm-hmm. shouldn't be hiding out from things. We should be, we, uh, the church should be on the front lines of sin, fighting yeah. sin. You know, we, we don't have mm-hmm. to wait for no community organization to decide to, uh, we we got to stop the violence. The church should be out there in in front. And I think the problem is today that I think too much, too many people uh, uh, are afraid to be out in the front line. There are too many church, too many saints are afraid to be out there. And and it, you know it, it does take a certain amount of bravery to go out there and and combat sin. But you uh-huh. know you have to go out uh-huh. there and do it. You know we used to we used to go out and. Uh, uh, we used to go out and do that. Uh, me and another a preacher, we used to go up and down a kind of a rough neighborhood and, you know, see if uh-huh. we could talk to folks. And I think you need to go out and talk to folks and, and, you know, at least offer a plan of salvation and offer them love, Christ's love to the, to the, those that are lost. I think Jesus came yeah. to save those that were lost, not those that were saved. And we should be like-minded. Mm-hmm. You know, the, mm-hmm. the church is, mm-hmm. should be a, a dynamic organism, touching lives and and hearts for Christ. Yeah, and you can't do that. If you, yeah. just, you can't do that if you're just in the church house. Uh, some people feel like if my my ministry is here in the church house, you, your ministry is out there in the world, and whatever mm-hmm. you do for Christ in the in the entirety of the world, that, that's a that's a whole. That's all, you know, that's more than just on Sunday morning for a couple hours. That's a, mm-hmm, you know, a commitment, mm-hmm. a lifestyle commitment. Yes. 
So I think an extension. I think that's, mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to be out there touching hearts and lives for Christ. Yes, yes, yes. And and Dr. Lay, tell us real quickly uh, what New Beginnings Bible Ministry does. I know that you live this. Not only do you teach it and preach it, but you live it. So tell us real quickly, our listening audience, what your nonprofit New Beginnings. Bible ministry does in in the community? Well, one thing we do is we reach out to the homeless uh, and we reach out to them by bringing them food. And in the past, we've even served food and stuff. But but uh, mm-hmm. I think if, for the homeless that we reach out to, you know, they, somebody said, well, you know, we're not, we're not uh, giving them salvation. No, we're giving them love. And I think that's and they, and they notice mm-hmm. that too. I, you know, when you when you're homeless and you haven't had a good meal or good food, and people are not caring about you or they're unrespectful towards you, then then you know you feel unloved. And 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 New Beginnings reaches out to the homeless to do to share that love with them just by just by giving them respect and giving them food. You know, those that's one thing we do. Another thing that we do is we do. Uh, we we have in the past, and we will continue this year to give uh, uh, donations to the food bank, so they can so they can feed the uh, the feed the folks that are uh, that are slim on funds that they might have uh-huh. uh, turkeys for Thanksgiving and Christmas and things like that. That's what we, uh-huh. we've done in the past, and we'll continue to do. Another another thing that we do we do usually do some uh, uh, seminars or or presentations via Zoom. We've done, done them in person in the past, but we're currently doing them on Zoom to try to impact the community uh, regarding problems that the, the community is fa- facing. For example, our upcoming one is on fentanyl. So we want to address the mm-hmm. issue of fentanyl. Why is it so dangerous? Is it addictive? And uh, what can we do about it? One yes. thing is, yes. is is by making people more aware of it, All, everybody, not just not just the drug drug using community because that's not that's not enough uh mm-hmm. because somebody's got somebody's got to tell those drug users that that you know this stuff can kill you and the reason why yeah. it can kill you because it's a, because it's a central nervous system depressant and it it, it it causes you to uh cause you to uh to uh pass out and and die because you're because you're uh, you're, uh, you're you're having trouble breathing, so that's what that's mm-hmm. what it does. It, it depresses your mm-hmm. your uh, central nervous system, and it, and the reason why why you need to be aware of it is that the person that that's selling you those drugs, there the only thing they're trying to do is make money. So they might they might cut that that drug with with uh, with whatever drug with fentanyl, which would mm-hmm. cause you mm-hmm. uh, to have some different experience than you had planned on. You didn't plan on passing out or going to sleep and dying. And uh, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what's happening is people aren't planning on the, those things. They're, they're planning on, on getting some kind of uh, being intoxicated in some kind of way that they're used to, not, not in a way yes. they're not used yes. to, which is why it's so dangerous. They're unaware of the drugs that they're using, they're unaware of how those drugs have been manufactured, and and they're mm-hmm. unaware of the addictive, the addictive uh, uh, 
possibilities of those, these drugs and how they can how they can you know cause them to seek after these drugs more and more and and the more you seek them the more you might not care about what happens to you all you want to do is get right. intoxicated or so right 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 yes and you and also do about, the suicide pre- go ahead go ahead yeah we also do as you indicated we also do a suicide prevention try to try to get the word out there to so that people will recognize uh recognize uh suicide you know suicide signs of suicide some signs of suicide mm-hmm. might be when when people start giving away their belongings and mm-hmm. you know writing you writing you a little note saying goodbye thank you for for all that you've done for me in my life in such a way that causes you to think what why were they saying all that to me at this particular time or why are they giving mm-hmm. away all their stuff you know uh, mm-hmm. and and so that's one thing we we do is Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and then domestic violence too. You uh, help those households yeah. who are experiencing um, violence and abuse, verbal, physical, uh, you know, yeah. and and whatever else. Yeah. Well, yeah. I listen. I I want to thank you for what you're doing in the community for your lesson today. Excellent lesson. And another responsibility that believers have is to go out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what brings hope to the world. And I think people are just so tired of what's going on that sometimes they can lose sight of of the, the just the hope. They can lose sight of any future. They can lose sight of whatever. And so that's another responsibility that we have and definitely to be outside of the four walls. But I want to thank you, Dr. Lay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I know our listening audience got a unpacked uh, uh, episode today on salvation, God's deliverance. And I just uh, just want to say God bless you for the work that you're doing and just how you just so freely give of yourself and your time to others. And are there any any final words you want to say to the listening audience before we go ahead and sign off today? Yeah, I, want, I would encourage us to be, uh, us that are in the church, we want to be uh, good stewards, and we want to, one way we'd be good stewards is we study the word, and then we share the word with, with others. We share with the word with others, especially with those that aren't saved. We want to share the word mm-hmm. with them. We want to, yeah. you, you know, we want to be out there and be active. We want to be active yeah. uh, disciples of Christ. Because if we're the only yeah. Christ that anybody sees, we want them to see the best, best, the best side of Christ. We don't want them to see the worst side. There is no worst right. side. So the, the worst side is what they're going to see. That'll be us if we're not right. showing yes. Christ the best side. So yes. that's just the, the yes. final words. I want to encourage our believers, uh, our believers, and our listening you. audience. Thank you for that encouragement. Okay, and with that, I'm going to say may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. God bless you, and we'll talk again in a couple of weeks. Dr. Lay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you.